Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. We're going to swing back through the Lord's Prayer one one more time. I was going to say one last time, but I thought the last time was the one last time. But um, we're swinging back through it this week. Um, and we'll talk about why as we after we read through the scripture and begin to pick up again. But this is a prayer that many of us are familiar with. And um, hear these words from Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse nine. That's Matthew six, verse nine. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then from down in the footnote, uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Our God and Father, today as we talk about prayer, I pray that you lead us in paths of righteousness, that you lead us to understanding prayer better, and that you lead us to pray more. I do pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I was walking through this week, looking at sermon preparation, and for myriad other reasons, I was drawn back to the Lord's Prayer. A couple weeks ago, as I was wrapping up my preparation on the last portion of the Lord's Prayer that we preached a couple weeks ago, which is that um, that piece that's in the footnote uh, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I I sat down with the Lord's Prayer and I and I looked at it as though I was looking at the forest rather than the trees. We spent ten weeks, nine weeks looking at the trees, looking at the individual um, uh, parts of this particular prayer, the individual propositions that are here. And we looked at each and every one, but I, I sat down for my own edification and said, okay, so how will I take these individual lessons that we've learned and pray a prayer? Not just seven individual prayers, but one prayer before God. And so I wrote myself down a list. And as I was looking at sermon prep this week, as I was considering. And I'm not saying this for sympathy, but considering my own difficulties and illnesses this week, I was struck by the fact that if it was beneficial for me, it might be beneficial for you as well to kind of look at this as a whole prayer and not merely a list of seven different prayers that we pray to God. And so that is what we are going to do today. This will be relatively informal as we go through this, as we consider what we've learned about each of the different petitions in the prayer and how we can pray those as a whole prayer. And we will look at each petition in the context of something to pray, to be thankful for or to be grateful for and something to pray for in that particular prayer or that particular petition. And then we will consider wrapping these together in the whole. First, the first petition is our Father in heaven. We are reminded when we look at this of the work that Jesus has done in order for us to be able to truly call God our Father. To have for ourselves that adoption as sons and daughters of the living God, people who have been slaves to sin in the past, 
and yet now are no longer slaves to sin, but are truly sons and daughters of the living God, the God who reigns in heaven, the God who is God, the Father Almighty, which we forgot to profess a few minutes ago. Um, But the God who is in heaven is our father. And because of the work of Jesus Christ, we can call him father and know that he hears and know that he sees us as our children. And so as we as we approach this particular petition in our prayers, we should be grateful for the salvation that is ours. We should thank God for the work that he has done through Jesus, through Jesus life, through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection and for his constant intercession for us. We should be thankful to God that he looked down upon us, a sinner depraved and totally deserving of God's judgment, and yet said, I will do the work so that you can call me Father. How often do we thank God for our salvation? How often do we thank God for the fact that we have a hope of eternity with Him rather than a hope of eternal judgment in hell? And so what are some things that we can pray for when we look at our Father in heaven? We can pray for the salvation of those we love. Many of us have friends. Many of us have family members. All of us have friends. All of us have family members who do not know Jesus. Who do not know the joy of salvation. And so not only do we thank God in this petition for our own salvation, we reach out to God and we would pray to Him for the salvation of others. Knowing that he hears and knowing that he answers. The second petition, hallowed be thy name. How good it is to know that God who sits enthroned above in heaven has made his name known to you and me. And so that is something that we can be thankful for as we consider consider this petition. That God has made his name known both in creation and in his word. Thankful that we know God personally. Thankful that when Moses says, who do I tell is sending me? That God gave a personal name. God gave a name that reminds his people that he has entered into relationship with him. But it's also a name that reminds us of his glory, of his attributes, of who he is as God enthroned in heaven. And not only are we thankful that we know God personally, we should be praying and asking that God's name be treated with reverence in our world. Our call to worship today in referencing Psalm 122 says that that the nations will fear the name of the Lord. The nations will reverence. The nations will respect. The nations will love. The nations will obey the name of the Lord. And so we can pray to God as we call for his name to be hallowed, that the nations fear and reverence that name throughout the whole world. Next, after praying that God's name would be hallowed, we pray that his kingdom would come. Now, we know that God rules sovereignly over all creation And yet the kingdom of which we are talking about, that Jesus talked about through his ministry, that is talked about through the rest of the New Testament, 
is the kingdom of his salvation growing to the ends of the earth. It's the church who has been tasked with proclaiming the glorious message of salvation. The church that has been tasked with doing God's work here on this earth. The church which Jesus said, I will build upon the rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so as we consider the petition, thy kingdom come, we should be thankful. We should be grateful for the church, not just a place to gather, not just a building to meet in, but the church and the people who make up the church, who weep with us when we meet, weep, who mourn with us when or rejoice with us when we rejoice the people that God has given to us to worship together, to serve together and to grow his kingdom together. And we pray that God's church would grow. We pray that this church would grow, that this church would look at passages such as Psalm 85 and say, oh, Lord, revive us again. And that God would come and send his spirit through the normal means of this church working for us and for the community. And God send his spirit upon this church so that it might grow in this community, so that it might share God's glory in this community in a way that lives are changed and more and more people come to truly call God our father. We pray for the churches in our community. There are like minded churches in this community that are meeting today, seeking to proclaim truth, seeking to honor and glorify God in all they do. And we should be willing to pray for their growth as well, not only ours, because it's not the kingdom of fairly associate reformed Presbyterian church. It is the kingdom of God that we pray to grow. We pray for the church to grow in our state, in our denomination, in our country and around the world. You have in your prayer list each week, Nathan's work in Charlottesville, Virginia, Are we praying for Nathan on a regular basis for him to be able to reach out into the community of Charlottesville to the University of Virginia and grow God's church to grow God's kingdom there? Are we praying for God's church to grow here and around the world? Thy will be done. What is God's will? God's will is found for us in the scriptures. He has revealed his will to us. He has revealed his law, his instructions to us through his word in both the Old and the New Testament. Are we thankful for the scriptures? Are we thankful? We have we have documents here that God has been communicating to his people since at least 1400 B.C. We have 3,500 years of God speaking to his people. Well, we have about 1,500 years of God speaking to his people, but it's been preserved parts of it for at least 3,500 years. You know how amazing that is? That a document written 3,500 years ago is still available to us today, is still God speaking to us today, is still God Revealing to us today what it is and how it is that he would have us to live 
And it is still applicable to us today by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as regimes have come and gone, cultures and governments that have been been antagonistic to the scriptures have sought to destroy the scriptures. We still have them. We still have them in our language, which we can read each and every one of us. And it is God speaking to us in these words. Are we thankful for that? Are we thankful for the opportunity to read and to study on our own and as a church what it is that God would reveal to us? We should be. We should be thankful for his word. We don't worship his word. We worship the God who has revealed himself in his word. But we should be thankful that we have words that we can read that he has revealed himself to us in. And as he reveals his will to us in these words, we should be pray for the strength to be sanctified through that. And that strength comes to us through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. The Holy Spirit is God with us. And part of the work of the Holy Spirit within us is to take the word that we read and that we study and to allow it to change us, to use it to change us so that we could, as Paul says in Colossians and in other places, to take off the remnants of the old man, the old sinful flesh that still resides upon us and to put on the love of God, to put on the holiness of God, to put on the new man to be renewed day by day. When we pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying for the strength of to grow in holiness, to grow in sanctification, to be able to see the wiles and the temptations of the devil, to see the way out of those temptations that God provides and to have the strength to take those ways out. As we pray, thy will be done. We pray gratefulness for the scriptures. And we pray strength in our sanctification. The next is give us this day our daily bread. We're usually pretty good about praying for this. But what we often fail at is thanking God for the provision. For realizing that everything we have, every breath we take, every time our heart beats, every morsel of food that we ingest, every sip of liquid that we take in to quench our thirst, all of that is provided to us by God. That we are wholly and completely reliant upon Him for everything that we need for daily life. And we take a lot of those things for granted. I, I turn the faucet on, on my, on my sink that, that faucet that's filtered because, you know, the filtration that the city does just isn't good enough for me. And that faucet, as it filters through and my glass fills up with water and I chug the glass of water down and I set the glass back down and I go about my day. I forget that that would not happen had God not provided the means for all of those things to come together. The food I eat, I give God cursory thanks as I sit down, because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to thank God for my food. But sometimes I act more like Jimmy Stewart in um, Shenandoah, where he sat down with his kids and he said, Lord, I'm you know what? I'm the one that planted the seed and 
and I'm the one that tilled the ground and and I'm the one that went out there and watered the plants and I'm the one that went out there and harvested the food and I'm the one that provided everything that the cow needed so that I could have steak tonight. But for some reason, I'm supposed to thank you for everything. Sometimes that's more how I act than being thankful for what God has provided for me. Thankful that God has healed friends and family member. Thankful that God has provided peace in the midst of anxiety. I forget those things and I should be thankful for everything. And then in praying for our daily bread, we don't just pray that God provide food for us. But that God provide everything that we need for life. Everything that we need for health. Everything that we need to live as children of God in this fallen and broken world and everything that we need to live, period. Not just for myself, but for my brothers and sisters in Christ, for my brothers and sisters genetically, for everyone. As I bring these requests, these, this is the area where we bring our petitions to God. This is the area where we thank God for answering those petitions. And this is the area where we are reminded that we rely wholeheartedly upon God for our needs for our entire life. Forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we forgive those who either trespass against us or as we forgive our debtors, depending upon your translation, depending upon your tradition. Much like we should thank God for our salvation, we should thank God that he continues to forgive us. We should thank God that he is far more forgiving than we are oftentimes. Because even though when Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive somebody who sins against me? Is it seven times? Jesus says, no, 70 times seven, which was not just that we tick off until we get to 490. But it was letting Peter know that you continue to forgive people the perfect number of times. But oftentimes what we typically do is we still set a threshold, do we not? Mine used to be three strikes and you're out. I wasn't even as generous as Peter. But do we thank God that he forgives us far more than we are willing to be forgiving? Do we thank God that once the work is done for us to be able to call him father and him to call us child, Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. That every time we come crawling back to him saying, forgive me, I've done it again. He says, welcome, my child, you are forgiven. And then when we thank God for forgiveness, we pray to God that we be willing to forgive others as he forgives us. Our salvation is not dependent upon how well we forgive, but our salvation is shown in how well we forgive. And sometimes it takes strength because sometimes people cut us deep. And God gives us that strength as we pray for the ability to forgive others and to pursue reconciliation. And then the next petition, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We thank God for his guidance and his protection in this world. God's people need protection. We don't realize that in our culture we live relatively safely. But there are people around the world, it's in the list there every week, to pray for the persecuted church. 
Pastor Yi in China spent a year and a half, almost two years imprisoned for preaching and yet never being charged with anything. And then when he was finally charged, it was after the, t- the trial was over and he was already declared guilty of the charges against him. And he'll spend another nine years in prison simply for proclaiming God's grace. Do we pray for the protection of the church, not just its growth, but its protection? Do we pray that God maintain and preserve the protections that we have and restore some of the ones that have been lost? And do we pray that as he leads us, he leads us in paths of righteousness and that if he does choose to lead us and he will through the dark valleys, that we find food and protection there that we need to grow as his people. And then finally, we wrap up where we started for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. None of these things are in our hands. It is God's kingdom that grows. It is God's power that makes it happen. And it is God's glory for which these things are done. So how do we pray these things as a prayer? As a unified prayer. At its most base. This is a complete prayer. Paul tells us in Romans 8 that there will be times when we seek to go to God's face. Because life is getting to us. We are groaning under the weight of living in a fallen world. And the Holy Spirit will groan in words that we can't express on our own. Right? I believe that one of the ways he does that is he brings us to the point where we can at least express this prayer. On its own, by itself. Lord, I don't know what to pray, but I do know our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Father, I don't know what to say in this situation, but I know to cry out to my father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Lord, I don't know what so-and-so is going through, but help them pray our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. On the other end, this could be an outline for your prayer. As you sit down in the mornings or in the evenings, whenever that specific prayer time is, you start with the first line and you pray what the Holy Spirit brings to your thoughts. And you go to the second line and you pray what the Holy Spirit brings to your thoughts until you've prayed through the entire prayer, whether that takes two and a half minutes or two and a half hours. You pray as the Holy Spirit leads you through the Lord's prayer. And then finally, we pray this prayer as we walk throughout our day. And God brings those people to mind, you you know, out of nowhere, somebody's name pops into your head. Most of the time we just kind of go, oh, neat. Hey, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. And then go about our day. I truly believe God doesn't just bring those people to your mind so that you can just go, huh, I haven't seen them in a while. I wonder how they're doing. I think God brings those people to our mind because they need prayer for whatever reason. And I think the Holy Spirit will guide that prayer. And I think at its most simplistic, we can say, Lord, You brought so-and-so to mind right now. They need to know. Let them know that you're their father in heaven. 
Let them know that you will provide everything they need. And let them know that you will grow their kingdom and work your will in their life. And pray this prayer on behalf of others. As far as I'm planning, this is it for the Lord's Prayer for a while, other than the fact that we stay, that we're going to continue to state it every week. But hopefully this has been as beneficial to you as it was to me as I sat down and said, okay, so what? We spent nine weeks looking at the Lord's Prayer, so what? Hopefully you can take what I've given you today. The Holy Spirit has used it well for me. Hopefully he will use it well for you to guide your prayer, to change your prayer, to help you pray more in line with his power, with his kingdom and with his glory. Let us pray. God, you are great and worthy of all praise. We do thank you for the Lord's prayer. We thank you for Jesus who prayed this perfectly throughout his life and gave it to us so that we might pray it also and so that our prayers might be shaped by this prayer. Lord, guide us in your power, guide us in your glory, and guide us for the growth of your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.